It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic, alongside Andrew Allison on this 20th day of October, 6.06 on the clock and 70 degrees and sunny outside in southeast Ohio. Sports Fan presented by J.K. Contracting. Andrew, it's good to be with you. And, uh, you know, we have, it's a Wednesday, so we have uh, Russ Heltman on the broadcast with us this Wednesday as always. But first things first, Andrew, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Always good when it's a Russ Wednesday, Connor. Always good. And it is good. And, you know, Russ is uh, always supportive of Cincinnati, especially this year. And uh, it's great to have him on the line with us today. I know he's busy down in Cincinnati covering FC Cincinnati, a important job. He's a, a big wig over there. But, Russ, how are you? Fantastic, fellas. We are uh, winding down the season and hopefully carrying through a great start to the season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Russ, it was a win that, you know, I don't think it raises any alarms. Uh, the first half, I think, would have been questionable, seven, uh, you know, just up by ten against Detroit. But the big thing, the big takeaway out of this game is, one, this offense finally uh, scored more than 30 points, and two, Detroit was, yes, they're winless this season, but their offense has been able to keep it close against some pretty good teams. Uh, the defensive front for Cincinnati was able to hold Detroit scoreless through three quarters, and then they scored a couple times when it didn't matter. Um, offense was clicking second half. Defense was dominant. Two things that are going to need to be paramount and on point uh, against Baltimore coming up on Sunday. That they will, and this is the big test, fellas. I think it's getting kind of underrated how huge this game on Sunday in Baltimore will be for the overall AFC North standings in particular, and maybe if the the race for the number one seed in the AFC. This is a massive game, especially in the AFC North. The Ravens can take a commanding two-game lead with uh, with the tiebreaker over the Bengals in the division. And this is a team that's, frankly, outscored them by 100 points in the last three matchups. But, fellas, that's something you don't really hear about or talk about in the NFL, especially in division matchups. So this has been the big bugaboo for Zach Taylor. Has not taken him out, has not taken out the Ravens since taking over as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals trying to get it done for the first time on Sunday. Yeah, Russ, I agree with you. I think this game is, I think people are kind of looking at the Bengals' schedule and going, well, I mean, they haven't beaten a team with a winning record yet, but I also think that if that's why people are underrating it, then they haven't really watched much of Cincinnati. I've been somewhat critical of them, but it, there's not been too many things. It's not like I'm saying they're a bad team. It's been critical as in, well, they got to tweak this, tweak that. And when you're being critical about tweak this, tweak that, that means it's a pretty good team. And like I think you mentioned there, you may have cut out on us a little bit, but if Cincinnati wins, they're in first place of not only the division, but the AFC. Exactly. They would have all the tiebreakers. Like I mentioned, I think last week, no AFC losses so far. So that's massive. And it's, it's a total proven game for a roster that's never really had this type of, type of opportunity really, for the most part, in all of their NFL lives. The main contributors so far, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow, are three guys that aren't really well-experienced in these types of situations. We'll have to see how it all plays out when uh, when things kick off on Sunday. 
And the big thing, I, I think, Russ, that concerns me, and, and it could have, and like I said on Monday when we were talking about the Cincinnati win over Detroit, you know, I, I don't want to make any excuses for Joe and, and the offense for a slow start in that first half. Uh, but obviously with, you know, the throat contusion that Joe had and he suffered against Green Bay, that affected, you know, his, his speech a little bit. And his speech isn't the right word, but, you know, he's not able to be loud. He can't kind of shout and, and communicate as effectively as he can just because of, again, the throat contusion. Um, he was held out immediate day today. He, you know, doctors ordered him to, to, for voice rest. How big of a concern is it to you that Joe Burrow can't use his voice right now as you're heading into one of the biggest games of the season? I don't think it's that concerning, to be honest. It, it, it would have been the biggest problem last week, and I think it's something that should hopefully get better by the day. And when a guy like Joe Burrow is dealing with something like that and he goes out and averages 9.3 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, one interception with 115 quarterback rating and a strong 62.6 ESPN QBR, then, yeah, it's it's not really going to be a huge concern of mine. He's, he, that shouldn't be an excuse for this team on Sunday. Do you think it might have, well, we're still how far away from game day? Four days away from game day, right? So it might be yeah. better by then, but do you think, I mean, I'm imagining that that's going to be a loud stadium. If, if he has to make a play call or a change at the line of scrimmage, is it something that the players, the wide receivers on the far side of the field are going to be able to hear, or is that just digging too deep into something there? Uh, well, if it, it comes to that big of a problem, I would hope that this team throughout training camp practice a little bit of the silent count, stuff like that, to be able to deal with those loud stadium situations because some of the stadiums in the NFL – it doesn't matter how loud your voice is. You can be an opera singer and not be able to get those uh, decibels <laughs> all the way down the line to your wide receivers. Absolutely. And yeah, take a look quickly at the injury report. We all know that the Baltimore Ravens uh, have gone through a slew of running backs this year. Uh, and, and you know what? You know, that offense runs through Lamar Jackson. That offense uh, has been able to pick up the pieces. And I feel bad for you know even the Cleveland Browns because they can't really find a good quality running back that's on the free agent market right now because Baltimore kind of took everybody. Um, but if you take a look at Cincinnati, you know, injuries appear to be minimal, right? I mean, maybe Trey Hendrickson's questionable a little bit. Uh, Chris Evans is, is listed as questionable. Uh, but your main guys are in there mixing with, I, I don't think he has an injury designation. Uh, Burrow doesn't have an injury designation. T. Higgins doesn't have one. Cincinnati, for the most part, seems to be healthy heading into this matchup. Uh, is there any health concerns we're overlooking? Is there anything that you know might change from now until then? Uh, I, I think this is just an overall healthy team. There's nothing concerning from a health perspective right now. No guys that came up dinged or anything last weekend, from what I remember. So it's it's exactly kind of how I how I foresaw this happening and what. It's just been waiting to happen for this team over the last five years since they last had good injury luck. It's just median injury luck, and they're getting above median injury luck right now. Knock on wood for everybody driving around their cars, but so far they have muddled through a bad offensive line that should hopefully keep getting better and improving throughout the weeks. The left side of that line, the blind side of Burrow, is playing very well in Clinton, Spain, and Jonah Williams. So the fact that you have those guys at your disposal, and they are playing great football, giving you that confidence over there while you have a younger side of, uh, of, the, of the line on the right side with Jackson Carmen and 
playing his best game on Sunday against Detroit, it gives you a lot of hope that things can continue to get better as long as this median health or pro side of the health can stay upright. Russ, what was your immediate reaction before Logan Wilson came out and kind of clarified this? But when he said that Lamar was an elite running back, because my immediate reaction was, oh, no, don't, don't give him bulletin board material. Then he came out, clarified that, you know, I was saying he's a great, he's an elite passer that's also an elite runner. But what was your initial reaction? I didn't think too much. It's, it's true. He's an elite passer. He's the most unique player in the game, I would say. And he's an elite running back as well. Lamar Jackson averages the most yards per attempt of any player that's run the football at a minimum, what, 150, 200 attempts since entering the NFL. So he is an elite weapon, especially on the ground. That ability on the ground is what helps unlock his ability as a passer. But even if he didn't have those legs, he's still a pretty solid grower in this league. And I don't think Logan Wilson, I don't think he meant, he obviously didn't mean any disrespect, but I don't even think he even tried to take, even if you try to take it out of context, I don't think it was that bad of a comment. If, if you watch the NFL, you get what he said. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you. I don't, I'm not sure that necessarily him coming out and, not saying a correction, but clarifying was 100% necessary. But piggybacking off of that, what does this Bengals defense have to do to, I mean, you can't stop Lamar, but try to contain him as much as you can to beat them? Just give him a lot of looks, a lot of different coverages, and you have to be able to read your keys for these linebackers. This is going to be the biggest test of the season for this linebacking core, which is most likely going to have to have three men out in the formation at all times. They usually like to go with two linebackers. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that in this game with how well this Ravens rushing attack is able to make people just get off of their heels and make people off of their keys. It, it's probably going to require, require three linebackers. And to me, it's just all about what those guys do and how they handle another test against the best rushing attack in the entire NFL. Russ, I think the best game for Baltimore had to be last week against a very talented Chargers team. They were able to hold Justin Herbert and uh, his whole crew just to six points in a 34-6 to blowout win for the Baltimore Ravens. It seems like everything's clicking for them at the right time of the season. And, you know, on the opposite side, you know, Cincinnati, granted, it's against uh, a team like the Detroit Lions, but they had, you know, one of their best games of the season. Two teams playing at the top level right now, and whoever wins with the number one seed uh, in the AFC moving forward. I mean, it, it's it's hard to predict this one, but what what's your uh, what's your outlook for this Sunday? This is gonna be the I'm, I'm four and two on the season, fellas. I, I sold the sold the guy short last week, and I thought it would be a little bit closer with how hot the previous week was against Green Bay. They came out, handled business 34 to 11, just the second final score in NFL history. Get this, that ended 34 to 11, according to our friends at Scorigami. So that was kind of cool. And the fact that they did that gave me more confidence going into this matchup, but I think they're going to fall just short. It'll be a close game that the Ravens end up on the right side of. I'm going to go with the same score prediction as last week 24 to 20. Ravens, unfortunately, take the. Uh, take the victory in M&T Bank Stadium. But it'll be a much closer affair. It should be a much closer affair between two teams that I think at the end of the season will probably be looked at as pretty even and have a good chance of maybe at this current pace facing off against one, one another as uh, as that two seed against the five or something like that. Well, Russ, we always appreciate your time. I know you're running short and uh, you know had to kind of sneak away there 
uh, on us down in Cincinnati as you're getting ready uh, for FC Cincinnati tonight. Uh, but Russ Helpman, always appreciate the time, and uh, thanks for joining us. All right, thanks, fellas. Y'all enjoy the week and enjoy the game on Sunday. Should be a great matchup. Yeah, that's Russ Helpman, producer and host over at WMKV 89.3 and on the communication staff over at FC Cincinnati. Have some fun tonight, Russ, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, but, Andrew, it's supposed to be a close game. I think this will be a close game, and obviously we're not skewed by the Bengals fan or the, uh, the Ravens fan who joins us every day. Um, you know, I, but we were, he was the one, we, you and I were defending the Ravens yesterday. Right, and we're not Joey. We're not coming out here and saying, you know, Cincinnati's going to go put up 30 against Baltimore. You know, I, I think if they do that, they probably win the game. Um, but I would have to tend to, to lean the way of Russ right now. I think Cincinnati's a much improved team from where they were in the beginning of the year, especially on offense, especially, you know, their defense has gone out and performed, you know, I think, better than anybody could have expected. On the same side of that, though, Lamar Jackson looks to have returned to an MVP form. I mean, he can he is passing the ball better than he ever has in his career. He all knew what he could do with his legs, uh, just his playmaking ability for Lamar Jackson. Uh, it's just because of how dynamic, how unique, how different Jackson plays than everybody else. Uh, and he's, I think, a top-five guy in the NFL right now across any position. So if you just take Lamar Jackson into account, you know, Baltimore will be favored. I don't know how heavily favored that they will be, uh, but that's their one guy. It's six hard and to a half keep points right now, by the way. Six, six and a half is the, is a line. Yeah, since our uh, degenerate gambler <laughs> is not with us, <laughs> six and a half points is the line. It was. I think it started out at six and a half, got down to six, and now is back up. So we'll see. Uh, but I, I, I got to agree with Russ Upman there. Uh, Ravens will probably win this game. I think that they will score 28. I'll go 28-21. They win by a touchdown. Oh, that was my score line. Was it? Uh, you can still go with my score. We'll both be wrong. Unless we'll we're right. We'll both be wrong. Either we'll both I, I be love wrong. There's, oh, we'll both be right. No, 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 no. It's uh, we'll both be wrong. But, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, yeah, I, I'm going 28-21. I think that it's going to be one of those. It's still going to come down to the last final five minutes of the game where each team's probably going to have a possession. And I just, I, I think I trust the Ravens more in that situation than I do the Bengals. Now, I, Burrow is an elite competitor. He is, he has that killer mentality. I'm not just sure if the rest of the team around him has developed that mentality yet where I believe that the Ravens, they've been in that situation before. They know they have gone out and done what they need to do in late-game situations to get wins. So that's why I think it's going to be the Ravens. And I don't, did you hear, talking about mentality, did you hear uh, the mic'd-up clip that the Cincinnati Bengals posted on uh, social media platforms yesterday? It was, was it the TikTok you sent me? It was the one that I, I sent you. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And it was last week's game against Detroit. Jamar Chase is mic'd up, and Chase, uh, this had to be after the play where Joe threw it to him deep. Was that a 50-yard gain? Was that the longest? I, I forget how long the pass was, but it was a deep throw to Chase that nobody was in front of him, but he got caught from behind. And Chase was like, man, you, you got to overthrow me there. Watch, watch this, watch this. Joe, you got to, or I don't know if you called him Joe or Burrow, 
and uh, you, you got to you know, overthrow me a little bit there. And Joe goes, my guy, <laughs> you were wide open. <laughs> Which I, I think I, the funniest was just, my guy, <laughs> you had nobody in front of you. Yeah, you got to go out there and get that touchdown. Yeah, Chase is like, well, you underthrew me a little bit. I had to stop. <laughs> and then Joe's just like, hey, nobody was in front of you. you gotta... They're both right, but yeah, no, yeah. I, I thought that was funny, too. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was entertaining. And maybe, you know, it's not that killer mindset, but you see the camaraderie between Joe and Jamar uh, so far early on in the season. And you knew that that connection was going to be there some way, somehow, just throughout you know, his, Joe's two years in college with Jamar Chase. Um, but it seems, again, I think it's going to be a close game. It'll probably be a one-score game, 28-21. We're both going. I think, uh, what did Russ say, 24-21? Yeah, what? I think so. He, he, uh, 24-20? I think he had 24-20. I think, it was, I think he had a four-point game. Four-point game. Uh, so, again, it'll be a close one, at least within a one-score. But I, I do think that the Baltimore Ravens will pull away. Uh, but that all hinges. It all depends on if Cincinnati is able to stop Lamar Jackson and that is not going to be an easy task, especially the way that Jackson has been playing all season long. We're getting closer to the high school football postseason. The uh, postseason rankings and everything of the sort is uh, slowly coming out, slowly trickling out. And with one regular season left to play, one regular season game left coming up on Friday. Uh, first, the Trimble Tomcats secured a Week 10 game against Crooksville. Uh, Nelsonville, York, and Athens going at it and some other postseason implications with Week 10 coming up uh, later this week. We'll talk about some high school football action, and our phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. So go on ahead and give us a call. We'll take a quick break and be right back after this. That's a sports fan presented by JNK Contracting on 970 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from the Ohio News Network. As we head into fall, come to a work of heart in Grand Central Mall. We have just what you need to decorate your home inside and out. We have new porch sitter signs and fall and winter flags to beautify your porch and yard. We offer fall and winter wreaths that have signs that can be personalized with names or sayings. We also have two laser engravers with hundreds of signs and gifts that can be personalized with names and dates to make some of the most unique gifts you will find for that special someone. We offer a great selection of greeting cards, and our box Christmas cards are now 20% off. Our jar candles, sprays, tarts, and car air fresheners are some of the greatest scents you will find. Butter maple syrup is one of the most popular scents in the nation, and we have a great selection made right here in Ohio. Come see us today at a work of heart, Grand Central Mall, Vienna, West Virginia. Find us on Facebook 
or visit us at a workofheart.biz. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Join Kevin Dunnigan and Troy Bowen all season long for the Hewitt Honda Football Friday Night Postgame Show. Immediately after the Athens County Game of the Week, join the guys for analysis, information, entertainment, and giveaways throughout the show. Have a question about a game in the area? Driving back from a football game? Call in at 740-592-1055 or toll free at one 592 1055 It's the Hewitt Honda Football Friday Night Postgame Show. Friday nights on 105.5 FM, Power 105. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Postseason rankings are shaping up as we're almost ready to the start of the 2021 high school football postseason in the OHSAA. Athens County will likely have two teams in the postseason. As you're listening in right here on the Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills the mic with Andrew Allison taking you up until 7 o'clock today. Our two teams in the postseason in Athens County will be Nelsonville, York, and Trimble. Uh, right now, Athens is likely eliminated as is Alexander, and Federal Hawking has yet to win a game this season. Uh, they have been likely eliminated as well. Which likely eliminated by Joe Itell is officially eliminated, but he's not the <laughs> OHSA, so he can't say officially. Right. Uh, you have to... Right now, he's got it ranked up. And I give Joe Itell credit, right? He put it out in a post uh, on Twitter not too long ago. and he's, He changes his website, right? He makes it from the traditional look and then he adds the postseason implications as the uh, postseason gets nearer and nearer. And with uh, you know this being the final week of the regular season, I tell released you know what he believes uh, is as accurate as possible the possible playoff status for every team in the OHSAA. Some teams have you know opted out, uh, which you can do, and, and you might see more teams do now that there's 16 of them going into the postseason. But if you're a a team that is just in a not powerful region. Like if you're Buckeye Trail, right out of Lower City, you're three and five this year and would have to take on Fort Fry in your number one game. Do you really want to play Fort Fry if you're three and five? Like you're in the postseason, uh, yeah. congratulations, but you know, here's Fort Fry who's rolled over almost everybody this year. Yeah, and I mean I just that that was the problem with going to sixteen teams. You you were I I think there could have been expansion and I think 12 would have been good. You give the first four teams a bye, the five, six, seven, and eight host. Because at that point, let, let's be honest, how many eight versus one upsets did we honestly see, Connor? I can only think of one, and that's because it was Sheridan that did it when I was in high school, right after I graduated. You're talking about eight. Well, you're not talking about last year. Because last year, with everybody making the postseason, um, well, yeah, everyone made the postseason. But I'm saying, like, in years prior, how many times did we see the eight seed upset the one seed? Very few, I would have to think. Yeah, very few. But you did see, and I think this was because of COVID, but I I, I believe Chillicothe was upset by Miami Trace in the postseason. I'd, I'd have to go back and look. But there was something in the FAC. You know, it was an FAC matchup, and Chillicothe had rolled over a team last you know, earlier in the year, and then... Uh, got beat by that same team. I believe it was Miami Trace. I, I, I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, you saw that just because of COVID issues, right? right. That was because Chillicothe was not at full strength. 
And had they been at full strength, you know, that's probably a different story. Because, yeah, again, that was a, a blowout win for, for uh, Chillicothe at that time. But uh, first things first, there is a Week 10 matchup for the Trimble Tomcats. I had heard that Trimble may or may not have wanted to get a Week 10 game. And here's, you know, the kind of uh, the ideology behind it, right? If Trimble gets a game and they're going to win, they're going to beat Crooksville. If they don't beat Crooksville, you got more hey, issues. Don't you doubt the winless ceramics? <laughs> <laughs> if the winless ceramics beat Crooksville, uh, <laughs> they might beat themselves. Uh, but if they beat Trimble, uh, you got some some other things that you got to talk about there if, if you're the Tomcats. But uh, saying that Trimble beats Crooksville, it's a Division Six opponent. You know they're trying to go for another home matchup, right? Because if it's because you, you could have had two things, right? If you're Trimble, you could have hoped for Waterford to beat their opponent in Week 10 and have them jump you. That way, if you go farther into the postseason, right? Because you're going to have one sixteen, and then one four five, which would mean in the second round you would have to go against Newark Catholic, which would be a very tough game at that time. Now, eventually, if you want to get to where you want to go, you're going to have to go against Newark Catholic. Yeah, I mean, you got to play them anyway, but obviously you'd rather play them later or later rather than sooner. Right. But I don't. I just don't... I get why Trimble would play it. A, you want the game and the points. B, you're playing an opponent where you can... You, you don't have the rest or the rust theory. You're not... Your team's still practicing. They're still preparing for an opponent. The starters are probably still going to play a half. But if someone's banged up, you don't necessarily have to play them. And the starters are only probably going to play a half. But what I don't understand, why in the world would Crooksville take this game? I, I get, I, I'm assuming Morgan had to cancel their game, because that's who Crooksville was supposed to play was Morgan. Right, Morgan I'm in five this year, yeah. I, I'm assuming they had to cancel that game due to COVID issues from Morgan. But if you're Crooksville, do, do you really want to travel all the way to, well, no matter what, Gloucester. it had to, yeah, it had to, do you want to travel all the way to Gloucester? Because no one can go to Crooksville. Crooksville's had to play every game on the road this year. But, uh, do you really want to travel all the way to Gloucester to get presumably <laughs> destroyed and then hop back on a bus? All right. Which, have you heard about that whole Crooksville situation? No. It is awful with what's going on up. Like, well, what, right, so so they, play at Village Par- they play at Village Park. Okay. And, well, they played at Village Park and had for like year, like before probably anyone listening was thought of. All right. And the park obviously old. The school wanted some, the school, city owns the park. School wanted to ha- like have it redone. They wanted lights. They wanted a whole bunch of stuff. They wanted upgrades. And it was something along the lines of the city and the school had a big disagreement of who had to pay for the stuff, who was supposed to take care of it. And the school tried to buy the uh, not the park, but just the stadium from the city. The city wouldn't sell it to them, but also didn't want to put anything in. And so they just had to play all their games on the road, huh. which is awful for those students. Right, and the fans. I mean, it's just an awful situation all around. But that is a side story. Um, so yeah, so Crooksville will play Trimble on Friday. 
Uh, again, Crooksville's 0-8. Uh, they will probably be 0-9 by the time Trimble gets done with them. Rough. But that, but that sets up, right? So it, it's it going off of Joe Itell, talking about the Tomcats. If Trimble were to win out um, with you know, no games left, right? If, if they just had sat there, they would have had 17.75 points at the max. Or at, at the max. That's your max average. If Waterford wins out, which I, I believe they're favored to do, they're week 10 matchups against Belpre, and I think Waterford is good enough to beat, uh, beat the Golden Eagles. I think they can beat Belpre. Hey, hey, don't you uh, discredit my good friend Jimmy Bell down in Belpre. Listen, I'm not saying anything about Belpre. I'm just saying that defense has struggled all year long. Yeah, they have. Um, and it's it's been a rough go of it for, for Belpre. But uh, so for Waterford, you know, if they were to, you know, win out, you know, they would only get 16.3. So maybe if you take a look and, and just go at pay, the max again, at the max, if you just look at that, uh, and, and even at the minimum. Right, if they minimally went out, uh, Trimble would have been 15.25. Waterford would have been 15.1. Yeah, and for those who don't understand what, what, how do you have a max and a minimum for a win, it's because there's really two different levels. You get points for your the opponent you beat that week, but then you also get points for the opponents that you have played winning their games as well, and or lose points for those opponents losing games. So. That's how you get a min or a max because you obviously can't predict that many different teams. Like you, you can't sit there and go, well, the odds are that six or three of the teams are going to win, three of them not. So a minimum would be if every team loses out and a max would be every team that Trimble beat loses out and the max would be if every team Trimble played went one out. Right, and here's, you, know, you take a look at Trimble's schedule this year. Uh, and the teams that they beat, right, because they can only get points from the teams that they won against. So they can't get any points against John Mar- uh, from John Marshall. They don't get any points from Fort Fry. Uh, but they would get points if Nelsonville York beats Athens. Points go the way of the Trimble Tomcats. If Miller defeats Bishop Rosecrans on Friday, they would get points from Miller because they beat him 68 to nothing. And Miller is not out of the postseason. Miller could still squeak their way in. Because right now they're at uh, 14. So they're in right now. They're in right now, but you know, obviously things are going to change. Uh, if Compton Valley, Danville, Fisher Catholic, who are the ones that are above them, if they win, they would be somewhere between 11, 12, 13, and 14. Right? They're, they're somewhere in. Um, just I'm going just not. I, I, it feels weird talking about teams with <laughs> well under 500 records. Yeah. Now, it, but it does add this little twist of excitement at the end of the season because now you're talking about, you know, a, a racing Southern team, right? Southern could be in. Uh, Eastern, the Eagles could be in. Um, you know, Millersport, who's three and four. Uh, they're not eliminated yet, but they're sitting at 24th, right? I mean, these teams just would not be, you know, anywhere near a postseason appearance had it been two years ago. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely love talking about how two- and three-win teams should be making the postseason compared to, well, I mean, this team only had one loss. How are we keeping them out? Right. Well, it's it's different. Now the one team, if let's say that Trimble with two losses, right, with two losses this season, 
uh, to John Marshall and Fort Bragg. If we were to, to sit here and say, you know, Trimble could you know, likely be, right now they're sitting as likely top eight, right? I don't think that they would move from the top eight. I don't think anybody really has a whole lot of points uh, below Waterford. If anybody's jumping them, I think it could be Waterford. And it would not be the worst thing in the world if the Wildcats, you know, jump over the Tomcats. It looks like the farthest they could actually drop down would be seven, even with R the loss. Even River could, uh, could jump them? I don't think River no, could I'm jump No, I'm sorry, them. the farthest they could move down is six. Yeah. So the only team right now that could beat, that could, you know, get higher in the seedings would be Waterford. And that's not the worst thing in the world. Because if you fast forward a couple of weeks, right, one goes against 16, which would be Newark Catholic against Fairfield Christian Academy. Then you have 215, yada, yada, yada. I don't yada. even know where they play their games, Fairfield Christian Academy. Huh? I don't even know where Fairfield Christian Academy would play their games at. Well, I mean, they would go to, to Newark Catholic. Well, I mean, I, I get that, but I didn't even know. Sorry, that was a sidetrack. <laughs> well, either way, you know, they would have to travel to Newark Catholic, and Newark Catholic would uh, beat the brakes off them, right? Then you go in week number two of the postseason. Now you got, let's say, all the top seeds win, right? Everybody who was a higher seed wins, and if Trimble was a 5, uh, they would go against a 12, which is Danville. So Danville will go to, to Gloucester as of right now. Things will change on Friday. Right, but then they, if it, they beat, say Trimble beats Gloucester, then they're traveling to Howard in East Knox. Uh, That's four would host five. Because there would be eight right. teams left. Yeah, so if, if you're talking about, yeah, if uh, Trimble beats Danville, then they would go 4-5 East Knox, and then it would be 1 versus 4 or 5, the winner of that matchup, if the higher seeds win. If Trimble beats East Knox, which is a, a very good opponent this year, then it would be Newark Catholic. However, you could meet up with Newark Catholic in the regional finals if you were the sixth seed. Right, because I'm you're not getting as high as yeah, because you'd have to play the three. Well, say you beat the three, then you'd have to play theoretically the four seed. Let's see here, because but let's you, not discredit an undefeated Vern Union team as a no, guaranteed win. No, I, I'm not saying that. You know, I'm I'm saying the best team in Newark Catholic, uh, best team of the region is Newark Catholic. Right. But uh, if you look at East Knox, East Knox and Danville. Right, so Trimble's probably not going to get enough points uh, to, to jump East Knox. If you look at Burn Union, Fisher Catholic, four and five, uh, five and four this year. You know, uh, they, f they had a forfeit last week. I don't know why they forfeited, but um, Fisher Catholic did. I don't, I don't know why, but that's weird. It's not a cancel. It's a straight forfeit. Right. So you take a look, right? Trimble's probably not going to get any points or enough points to beat East Knox or Burn Union or jump up to Shadyside. Now, that's just, it's unlikely. Uh, I mean, if East Knox were to lose, which is unlikely. Right, so you have unlikely anybody above Trimble right now, one through four. Yeah, Trimble's basically locked into the 5-6 seed. Right. And then, if Waterford, you know, wins in a couple of, you know, let's say Athens beats Nelsonville York, right? I mean, that would be those uh, second, second tier second, points. Yeah, second tier points. Which would then mean that, you know, Waterford might have a chance to jump Trimble, 
right? Because those would be some points that would go Trimble's way if Nelsonville, York beats Athens. Right. But, but yeah, it's really, you know, right now it's all semantics, right? If you, if you got to beat the teams that are in front of you first, and I know I'm looking way down the stretch, and, you know, Phil Ferris wouldn't even be talking about Newark Catholic at this point, right? Right now he's just talking about, you know, how they can beat Crooksville. And that's just putting your guys out there in pads and saying, have fun. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I mean, come on. It's so disrespectful, but it's probably true. <laughs> I, and I mean no disrespect <laughs> to Crooksville. But if the Tomcats can't beat a defeated Crooksville, they're 0-8, you got issues. So if you're Phil Ferris, tell your kids, good luck, have fun. I'll be here on the sideline if you need me. Yeah, I'll be, right? I'll be doing the morning crossword puzzle. <laughs> that's, but that's, again, Tomcats should go out there and win that game. But then it's, you know, all right, game plan, scheme, figure out down the stretch. And it's our job, you know, to kind of look down the, down the road and see where it would be, right? I think I would rather have Trimble as a six and have to face Newark Catholic later on. I don't want, I don't know if, and, and, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. You know, maybe Newark Catholic's just the best team, and regardless of whoever they play, they're going to win. Did those, Newark Catholic play Trimble or Newark Catholic play Fort Fry? Newark Catholic played Nelsonville, York. They didn't, they didn't play Fort Fry? Uh... Newark Catholic, so far this year, they played the Buckeyes. They... Okay, so maybe it was... No. Maybe it was Nelsonville, York, the one I thought. But, I mean, I guess... Yeah, but would you rather take a game where... Eh, you might be favored in the East Knox game, depending on... You know, you sit there and think, well, we're, we're around even with East Knox for their week two, quote-unquote, week two matchup, assuming they win week one. They both do. Would you rather play East Knox in the second round, or would you rather play Burn Union in the second round? Uh, that's a good question, too. You know, I don't... I mean, I don't know what Burn Union's strength of schedule is, but they're undefeated and sitting at third in the... It, third in the if region. You, if you take a look at Burn Union, right? I mean, they, they play Bishop Rosecrans, which is three and six, Colgrove, Caldwell... Both four and four this year. They so had they a win over Eastern, one and one and seven. Uh, pretty good win over Worthington Christian because Worthington Christian six and two so, so far this season. So one win over a winning team. Yeah, I mean if you look at assuming, it, yes. well, they do have Fisher Catholic, which is five and four this week. But then they'd be five hundred. Yeah, so they're going to they, finish. If they they're going to finish with one win over uh, whether they lose or not. They're going to finish with one win over a uh, five hundred team. Now the other five hundred, like Colgrove or Caldwell, could win, and, and oh, you know, they'd, they'd have a couple of wins over teams that are above five hundred. But as it stands right now, you know they have one win, one solid win this season, which is Worthington Christian. Burn Union's a good team, right? I mean, every the top five are your favorites in the region, and probably in that order. Newark Catholic, Shadyside, Burn Union, maybe Burn Union over Shadyside, East Knox, Trimble. Is that is that why they're ranked one through five in that order? But <laughs> I'm, I get, it, I get computer points, throws some stuff off. But. Well, again, I, I think Newark Catholic is the best out of the crew, and then it's it's a dogfight between Shadyside, Burn Union, East Knox, and, and Trimble as to figure out you know who's second in the region. But I, I, 
I do think that Newark Catholic is the best in the region. They, they've separated themselves, and then you can mix and match however you want, two through five. Trimble already had a big win over Waterford, so, yeah, I, I, I like the Wild, Wildcats have had a great year this year, but they're not on the same level as Trimble. Right. And then the second team in Athens is who? Nelsonville, York. Nelsonville, York, who so, has already played Newark Catholic, as we just learned. Well, yeah, I mean, that was a week three matchup between them. Um, but in this region, right, Nelsonville, York, they are likely top 12, right, which means that they are probably as high as eight, seven, eight. I don't think they're going to have enough points to yeah, jump Sims it Valley. It doesn't look unless Sims Valley has a loss and then everyone they beat loss has a loss as well. It doesn't look like they're bumping up. No, probably not. So it looks like they're stuck at that eight to uh looks like that eight to ten, eight to twelve range. Yeah, probably. Again, likely top twelve for Nelsonville York, so they can jump around. But it's probably it, it is unlikely. They will go higher than actually. It's it's mathematically yeah, impossible it's, it's for impossible. them to, yeah. Uh, it, it, almost mathematically impossible. I mean, their highest. Yeah, it would have to be that Sims Valley loses and has everyone else lose. Right. Everybody that they had beaten that year or this year just lose out. Right. So it, again, it's very unlikely that Sims Valley loses, and on top of that, has everybody else that they beat lose as well. Uh, so, for all everything that you want to take it for, Nelsonville York is going to be the eight seed, unless they lose to Athens. Right, and which I think would the put them at the nine, ten, or eleven. Right. Which, again, right now you'd have a home game. Nelsonville York are, are, are playing for two things on Friday. Buckeyes will have TVC Ohio on the line against the Bulldogs. If the Buckeyes beat Athens. They get the outright championship. If they lose and Wellston wins, then it would be a share of the TVC Ohio title between Wellston and Nelsonville York. However, if Nelsonville York wins, it's the outright title for them. And uh, you know, so it is, if Nelsonville York wins, right, they have the outright title in the TVC Ohio. Okay, so. It's the scenarios are Nelsonville wins, they have it outright. Lose and a Wellston win, it's a share. Wellston win. Either way, Nelson, Nelsonville York already has a share. Okay. So they locked up the share last week. All right. So they, they were, were already. Able, yeah. They, they already Ohio beat chance. Wellston, right? So for the Buckeyes, Wellston has one loss in conference, right? And that's just Nelsonville York. 40 21 loss back on the 1st of October. Then they beat Athens, then they beat Megs. Uh, by a touchdown, 35-28, and now they've got Vinton County coming up. So if Wellston beats Vinton County and Nelsonville York loses, they would get the share. If the Buckeyes lose and Wellston wins, yeah, they, they, I think I just said the same thing. They, they, yeah. they get the share there. Yeah. Um, and this is all for them to lose to the West Jefferson Rough Riders <laughs> in the postseason. Home uh, of the Allisons. And that's the other thing, too, right? If you take a look at Vinton County and Wellston, they're also fighting for postseason control here. Because Vinton County is not a guarantee top eight, uh, top 16. No, they're sitting at 13 right now. 
Vinton County, and there's a lot of ups and downs that they that they could go through. If they lose, they're five and four, which is their first winning season since 2004. Keep in mind. So Vinton County, no matter what, already has locked up a winning season. But then, you know, it's not a guarantee that they're in the postseason, even with it being expanded. You take a look at Wellston. Wellston's at 14. If Wellston wins, you know, they don't control their own destiny, but they put themselves in a better spot to make the postseason. Also, if they lose, they're, they're probably out. Oh, yeah, if you're the 14th seed, you lose. They're, you're not getting in unless the two teams, what's that? That is six, that's 17 teams buying for 16 spots, right? That's Division 4? Uh, yeah, this is uh, Division D- 5. So, D5 yeah, that's, that's 16, 17 teams buying for 16 spots. Right. Because uh, New Lex isn't going to win. Uh so if you lose, you have to have one of the other teams lose as well, and things go your way outside of on your second tier points. Right. So in the TVC Ohio, you know, there's still a lot of important games to take place. Not just for the TVC Ohio title, but also for our area teams to make the postseason. Nelsonville, York, and Trimble are locked in. And those are the only two Athens County teams that are likely to make the postseason. You know, it's, you know, for official notes, you know, Athens is, is likely eliminated. Uh, you know, in the TVC Ohio, Megs is likely eliminated. Um, as is likely, when he says likely with Joe Itell, he just can't say official because he's not officially the OHSAA. Right. But it is it unofficially is. official. Yeah. So Alexander, Athens, Megs from the TVC Ohio, River Valley, all likely eliminated or, you know, eliminated. And in uh, the TVC Hawking, you just have Waterford and Trimble, I believe. And with uh, Southern and, and uh, even though even though Miller's not in the, the Hawking anymore, you, you still have Miller with uh, a fighting chance as well. That's just kind of what the uh, the postseason looks like right now. But, again, it's, it's going to be tough, especially for Nelsonville, York, week one over Centerburg, maybe. But then, if you're the eight or drop down to the nine even and I have to go against Fort Fry, that's, that's a tough game. Fort Fry, Fairland, West Jeff. Yeah. I'm talking to Michael Roth from Gridiron Glory. He said... Uh, well, let me put it this way. He said, well, we, everyone knows how good Fort Fry is in this area. Uh, Fairland and West Jeff, he has said, are really good. And he's even said West Jeff has had. I, I've only talked to him about West Jeff because my parents went to school there. Uh, he said that he thinks they're good enough to win the state title. And they're the third seed in that region. And we'll see. You know. Now watch. He says that and they're going to get upset first round. I don't know how much you want to take into account Michael Roth. He, he knows a lot. But then again, you might also know, know nothing. Right. If you're paying attention to that many teams, how well do you truly know them? Very true. Anyway, we've got to step aside for another break. Again, give us a call, 740-592-6646. You want to talk high school football playoff picture, or uh, we're talking Bobcats coming up next as the Bobcats just had their highest recruit ever 
announced he's entering into the transfer portal. The freshman defensive player for the Bobcats. We'll talk about it next, right here on the Sports Fan, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. People say treat yourself like you need a reason, but McDonald's treats are perfect for every day, like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.79 or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The large is served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets, like a new pull-apart glazed donut. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Whether you look forward to working on your outdoor space or for what comes after, battery power made by steel has the outdoor tools to get you there. From the reliable power of our chainsaws and mowers to the quiet performance of our blowers and trimmers, enjoy more of the sounds of fall with the AK Homeowner Series of battery tools starting at $199.99. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. Maybe you love the smell of freshly cut grass. Maybe you love the aroma of steaks on the grill. Steel has the outdoor power equipment to get you there. From the dependable performance of our leaf blowers to the legendary power of our chainsaws. Find your perfect backyard with outdoor power tools starting at just $139.99. Real steel. Find yours at over 10,000 local dealers and at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. These days we're all doing a lot more virtually. Which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a thousand trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. Concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Mike alongside Andrew Allison up until 7 o'clock today right here at 970, 97.1 FM WATH. Bobcats lose a big one. A freshman in Shikari Denson. Denson put it out on Twitter today saying, first off, I want to thank Coach Solich and Coach Albin and the Ohio University for giving made this opportunity to play at the next level. After heavy consideration with me and my family, I've decided in my best interest to enter the transfer portal. With that being said, my recruitment is now open, and I'm looking forward to continuing my education and football career elsewhere next semester. Again, that's Shikari Denson, the highest-rated ESPN recruit for the Ohio Bobcats of, uh, of all time. He was an ESPN four-star recruit, and he announces that he will enter the transfer portal and uh, go elsewhere. The freshman has not seen the field, Andrew. He has not done anything. I'm, A, kind of surprised about that. Why wouldn't you get the freshman out there unless it was some kind of a red shirt, uh, which is not indicated on the website? But, two, you know, that's not a good sign for the first, you know, first year, first season of Coach Albin losing the highest ever recruit uh, on, on the Bobcats. Three days, 
three kids entering the transfer portal for Ohio football. And like you mentioned, highest-rated recruit, you got a four-star kid. Now, I, I get you. It's still someone coming out of high school, and it takes some time to develop. But this team is – with this team, you would think a four-star kid should be getting on the field or at least contributing in some fashion right away, pretty much. And, yeah, that's just – that's tough. That's another big blow to a already bumpy first season. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not a good sign. Um, and obviously this comes on the heels, as, as you said, after blowing a 21-point lead to Buffalo on Saturday. Yeah, right? I yeah. mean, it, it's it, does this kind of offer you an insight into the locker room as to, you know, are, are people just, are people quitting, Andrew? I, I don't know. I, I know it would be hard. It, it would be 100% hard to play for a team that has one win to this point in the season. But I would also think if you're at a Division One level, you love football so much and you're so competitive that it would make you mad and not want to quit. But obviously I've never been in that position before. So I, I'm not sure. I think it does offer you a little bit of insight into the locker room, but you can't necessarily say for sure because we don't actually get to see that. We're not one of the beat writers or a in-game reporter. And it was reported by Jack Gleckler, the sports editor over at the Post, and and Gleckler says, you know, he this Shakari Denson, you know, committed to Michigan State before committing to Ohio earlier this year. He picked Ohio. You know, he had other offers on the table, and he picked Ohio. And now he's going elsewhere. He's just regretting that decision right now with Michigan State being ranked in the top ten. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, we appreciate you listening to the Sportsman today. Big thanks to Russ Helpman for calling into the program. For Andrew Allison, I'm Connor Mills signing off. Columbus Blue Jackets will come your way tomorrow at 6.30. We'll have an abbreviated program. And coming up next, CBS News at the top of the hour. Talk to you later. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.